Welcome everybody from around the world. Hi, Evelina. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Commentaries from the Edge. I'm Karen Goldberg, and here's what's coming up. I'm so delighted and proud to have Evelina Fernandez with us this afternoon to talk about the story of the Los Angeles Theater Center and the Latino Theater Company. Um, and Evelina Fernandez is a well-known playwright, actress, and is proudly associate director of the Los Angeles Theater Center here in downtown Los Angeles. So welcome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. For Thanks for today. having me, Karen. Thank you. So Evelina, I think we, you know, we both are aware of the rich and unique history of the Los Angeles Theater Center building and how that mm-hmm. all came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the original LATC opened in 1985. And previous to that, it was an old bank building. I believe it was uh, Security Pacific Bank in the heart of downtown L.A. And in 1985, it was opened as a, a multiplex for live theater and under the artistic directorship of Bill Bushnell. And also uh, producer was uh, Diane White and Ellen Mandel was also part of the leadership. And... Um, So we came on board, um, our artistic director, Jose Luis Valenzuela, came on board um, to run what was called the Latino uh, Theater Lab. Back at that time, um, Bill Bushnell and Diane and Alan were, I I think, you know, very much ahead of their time um, because um, in 1985, their programming was very diverse and so they created different labs to support playwrights of color. Um, there was the Black Lab, the, the Latino Theater Lab, Asian American Lab, <clears throat> etc. And um, so we started out as the Latino Theater Lab within the original LATC. Um, and um, that was the beginning of... Um, close to 35-year artistic partnership um, of around five individuals, Jose Luis and um, one, two, three, four, (laughs) four actors who have continued together uh, creating for almost 35 years. That Mm -hmm. that in itself is so incredible. But I just Mm want to actually um, piggyback on what you were saying about the mission of the original Los Angeles Theater Center. And just to think right. in 1985, think about the world mm-hmm. then, how, mm-hmm. um, you know, how pioneering that idea was because it was even really before you would see Los Angeles as the global city it is today, you know, as mm-hmm. a city where we have people from all, all corners of the planet living together here. But at that point, you know, it was as if, Bill Bushnell, Diane White, and Alan Mandel, as you know, as the as you said, as the leaders um, of the organization, 
just had that incredible vision that this would be yeah. uh, this would be a way of you know even today here we are in the 21st century in which many performing arts organizations are still struggling mm -hmm. with the idea well, how do we improve the access of of the arts to you know underserved communities and they figured that out in 1985 by yeah. really by making sure people were on the stage that looked like the diversity of people they wanted to have walk in the door and absolutely and there's, no, there's no doubt i know that in those first years in the in the late 1980s you know i think there was like even maybe sometimes 300,000 people that ended up coming to downtown mm -hmm. Los Mm -hmm. um, to the LA Theater Center at a time when people didn't even want to come to downtown Los Angeles. Right, before the, before, before the downtown renaissance, yeah. Before the downtown renaissance, and, mm -hmm. and yet still came because, you know, remember that lobby was always mm -hmm. just one of the most vibrant places that people wanted to be in Los Angeles because you could go to that lobby at LA Theater Center and be with people that there was no other place you could be with such a diversity mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I think Bill and Diane and, and their vision, um, um, you know, was absolutely unique at the time. I, I mean, there was, a, for example, there was um, uh, Mr. Jackson, um, who had the Inner City Cultural Center, right? Yes. Yes. It's a smaller, smaller kind of theater that was doing Very that kind cool. of pro yes. programming. Also, you know, African American, Latino, yes. uh, Asian. He he was also a leader in in that kind of vision. But Very true. Uh, yeah, but the original LATC is definitely um, the first, I would say, in the country in terms of a regional theater that had that kind of vision and and. It wasn't just talk. I mean, they really did put uh, diverse artists on the stage and, and gave <clears throat> amazing opportunities to people like Jose Luis, who directed his very first play there. Um, there were uh, and they, they were doing plays by August Wilson, you know, even before August Wilson was, you know, became as they, famous as. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they did yeah. world premieres of August Wilson plays. Absolutely. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. No, I mean, it was. Reza Abdu. Reza Abdu did yes. his plays there, you know, also, you know, a pioneer of the avant-garde theater. So, and a, yeah, and it was a, it was LGBTQ. a beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. LGBTQ um, plays. Yeah. And, and um, so, yeah, it was an amazing time. Um, too short of a time, 1985. And then closed in 1991 but it in that short period of time I, I feel like you know they really made history we all did together right um and I really think a model you know in many ways mm -hmm. uh, it's it's still a model that I think people are aspiring to and mm -hmm. so I think part of, I think let me tell let me ask you if you think this is an element that that may be missing from many mm -hmm administrators in the arts and that is thinking about the people that were running this and it was really a multi-complex that's mm -hmm. probably what was unique was how 
gorgeous and extraordinary that building is mm-hmm. and that you could have four theaters going at the same time mm-hmm. which at that point also was very unique right but i think that that one of the things that they had was tremendous courage yes in, in order right in order to um in order to step into that world you you have to have that courage and really not there was no sense of limitation because i don't know if if you remember, there were also um, Broadway music. They did musicals. Mm-hmm. There was at one point there was a dance. There was a dance section. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Alexander, who went on to do great work, you know, in the uh-huh. area and grand performances. Uh-huh. Grand, grand performances started out learning about. Um, I hope he, he he accepts my saying that, but um, mm-hmm. I think he started learning about that by the fact that he came to work at the Los Angeles Theater Center and was mm-hmm. given carte blanche. You know, this was the other thing. They said, okay, you have this expertise, you have this artistic vision, go for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and they gave that opportunity to a lot of people, you know, including us, you know, to to put, I don't think any other regional theater at that time or even now (laughs) you know so many Mm -hmm. years later um would put the kind of plays that um we were doing you know about you know chicano the chicano movement the assassination of ruben salazar you know immigration all those you know important topics that um are still being discussed um on the stage and they did and they gave us that opportunity, which, you know, is, is really the reason that we still exist today. Which is, yeah, which is an amazing legacy. So that, mm-hmm. as you said, it was, uh, it was like a shining light for a short period of time. It burned, mm-hmm. it burned out. You know, it burned too. quickly. It, it burned, burned quickly, out, but not because, you know, not because of, you know, how ambitious they were and about yes. their, and their vision it was more right. about the city of Los Angeles at that time, not recognizing the importance, you know, of of that venue and the importance of the kind of work that they were doing. Yes, um, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think I mean it, it's um, the fact that, as you said, thirty some years later, you're still. Um, mm-hmm. such a vital organization and producing so many things mm-hmm. is it's you know it's a tribute to to that beginning and yeah that idea that you know because you started the work that you started doing it you were just mentioning like August 29 mm-hmm. and so many of the other works that you did have to do with really showing uh, the, the kind of prejudice and uh, struggle that much of the Latino community is involved is 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 engaged in, especially in the Los Angeles area, but of course so many other places. And that's yeah. also before people really were aware of that, who were not. Yeah, Latino. yeah, and it really put us in front of um, an audience that would have never experienced these stories, right? Um, exactly. I think before that the only play that was that had been produced on any main stage was Zoot Suit by Luis Valdez and um, Mm -hmm. after that there wasn't much 
you know, until the LATC and we started producing um, plays there. So, yeah. um, And, and you know, it gave us the opportunity to be in front of an audience that was not um, uh, predominantly uh, Latino, but um, the audience that really needed to hear these stories, you know. Um, exactly. So um, that was a, a great opportunity for us. Uh-huh. Tell us about um, what happened that when you talk about courage, <laughs> how did it happen that that the Latino theater company uh, actually ended up taking over yeah. the LATC? Well, it was it was a sad day, you know, the closure of, of the Los Angeles Theater Center in 1991 was, you know, just a very sad day for a lot of people, a lot of artists, the audience, everybody that was involved in that, you know, beautiful time. Um, so in 1991, I, I remember Bill Bushnell walking out of the lobby and saying goodbye and him, you know, uh, walking out into the sunset and... Um, just kind of us looking at each other going, now what? And so um, I remember um, the president of our board of directors, um, Moctezuma Esparza, who's, you know, has always been very um, involved in social political action. <laughs> he said, well, why leave? You know, why, why, why are you leaving? And so we kind of looked at each other and we said, yeah, why are we leaving? We shouldn't leave, you know. And so <laughs> we decided, along with a lot of other Latino artists, to kind of sit in in the building uh, until the city promised to um, continue that venue as a theater. Because at that time, there was talk of demolishing it and turning it into either apartments or a shopping center. And um, so we decided to sit in and that's what we did. We sat in there for, I think it was around 10 days. We wouldn't leave. We, we lived there for 10 days. You know, it was okay. I mean, people would bring us food and but we, re- we refused to leave, use the showers in the, in the dressing room. And, um, and the- so I just, just to get a picture, <laughs> make sure that our listeners understand <laughs> the difference between a sit in and a living in. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know. We lived in, we, we didn't, we were Both. afraid, were- we were afraid to leave the building because we thought they would just, you know, uh, close it up and not let us back in. So we decided not to leave. And, um, so we lived there for, 10 days until finally, you know, there was a big press conference and we got support from the city council. And uh, at that time, Gloria Molina was on the city council. And, and um, so we got some support and the city agreed not to close the theater. However, they said that they were going to turn it into a city facility. And, um, you know, which is very different. A city facility and a regional theater, you know, two very different uh, things. And so um, then they they offered our artistic director, Jose Luis Valenzuela, to be a a city employee, which is something he he really didn't want to do. And so, um, but they did keep it open for another... um, 
it was run by the city from 1991 until 2006, so 15 years. Yeah. Um, and then after that <clears throat> sit-in, um, we were invited to go to the Center Theater Group. Um, Jose Luis uh, um, was part of their artistic staff there for a few years. Um, and the and the and the LATC being run by the city, um, it, it kind of it there wasn't any um, artistic vision there, you know. It basically became like a rental house. You know, people would come in and rent the theaters and stuff. And then um, in uh, two thousand and five, I believe it was. Um, we and oh, okay, so we went to Center Theater Group, and then Jose Luis left Center Theater Group and went to work at UCLA, and then we went to work at Plaza de la Raza, which it was a nice small community theater, but you know um, wasn't um, the kind of venue that we could work in, and so we eventually came back and rented an office from the Las, from um, the city of LA. And so we were in the building when we found out that they were um, looking for um, somebody to operate the building. And so, again, uh, the president of our board at the time, Octosuma Sparsa, said, what, you know, why don't we apply to become the operators? And it was a long, long struggle because um, there was a developer in downtown Los Angeles. I was in the middle of the new downtown LA Renaissance really wanted that building to turn into a, a nightclub or something like that. And um, so there was a big political struggle within the city and we eventually won the lease um, in 2006 with the help of a $4 million grant that we got from the state of the uh, state of California. So, um, so that so and that and yeah and then there that that's the story of the history of how we've come to this point <laughs> right 2020 yeah and and i just wanted uh kind of delve into all the plays that you've done since that that time that you became the operating um arm of the of the los angeles theater center You've been putting on seasons ever since. Yeah, our first season was in right. 2007, and uh, we, our 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 mission was to continue that original mission of the original LATC, it, and it it continues to be to put um, plays on the stage that look like the city, right? Um, so we continue to produce our plays that deal with the U.S. Uh, Latinx experience. And we also produce uh, plays by other um, playwrights and companies of, of color and uh, try to give the opportunity that was given to us um, to, you know, other uh, uh, playwrights and directors and designers and people that don't usually get the opportunity to work in the in the big regionals. So, when, and I, and I, uh, go ahead. 
No, so we're an independent independent uh, theater. We're not a regional theater. Um, we we don't have the kind of budget that the original LATC had, and um, you know, and and I think that because our leadership is is leadership of color, and we're not a predominantly white institution. I think if we were a predominantly white institution doing the kind of diverse work that we've been doing for the last 13 years, we um, may have received much more funding than we have to date, and we've received a lot, <laughs> but it's nothing compared to, you know, the, the big regional mm-hmm. theaters. And, um, you know, there's we continue to struggle, um, you know, the fight against institutional racism that that um, affects, you know, so many other uh, theaters with leadership of color. Um, Yes. Which, you know, which means you don't get the big grants from the foundations. You don't, you know, because there's an issue of trust and, you know, the unconscious bias that continues um, within the funding sources, you know, in the country. I think people are, I mean, now that's come so much you know, ironically, as unfortunate and unfortunately and tragically, that a pandemic would be the vehicle for people, you know, m- many more people being aware of institutional racism, mm-hmm. of understanding understanding the so many consequences about that, and yet there you are struggling and still, as you said, carrying on that that tradition. Mm-hmm. at LATC of, you know, you even of giving, of being generous enough to give your office space to nonprofits. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. To use, to use, um, maybe you could give an example of one or two of the organizations that were able to use office space for gratis. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've, well, not only office space, but we've, um, we let people use rehearsal space, you know, other, um, uh, theater companies, smaller theater companies, you know, with, that can't really afford to pay for a rehearsal space, like Playwrights Arena. We have um, Roby Theater Company, which is an African-American company that has offices in our space. Um, we had um, a dance company um, that was renting an entire floor from us. So, yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of people that come and use our space um and and then we collaborate with a lot of um the smaller theaters of color so that they're able to present their plays um on our stages at the latc you know we've we've um produced plays by dominique morisu madure maduri shakar um we we um <clears throat> Our audience pretty much reflects the demographics of Los Angeles County, with the majority being uh, Latinos and um, and then uh, uh, Caucasians, and then uh, at sixteen percent African American and six percent Asian Pacific Islanders and two percent Jewish Euro- Euro- European, and it goes on. So we pretty much. Um, reflect the demographics of Los Angeles. So we're really, really <laughs> proud of that. And our audience, um, our audiences uh, under the age of 65, which is also <laughs> kind of different from yes. other theaters. Right. And, 
and 60, like over 60% of our audience is, you know, between 18 and 34 years old. So, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty unique. And, and and another, another interesting um, demographic is that um, 24% of our audience live below the poverty line. So, you know, Mm. that's interesting, too, because it's it's important Mm -hmm. for us to um, Mm -hmm. make our theater accessible. You know, now Mm -hmm. now it's so difficult to go to the theater, you know, for working people to go to the theater and have to pay, you know, what is the the cheapest ticket at a regional theater is 60 65 dollars so if two people go it's over a hundred dollars and then you have to pay pay for parking so you know going to the theater becomes a struggle for you know people who um are poor and working so um yeah yes and i think i think that's another example of something you know that you've you've created uh, even with a limited mm-hmm. budget, that other organizations who are much more yeah. flush in terms of their, their financial mm-hmm. resources are, are actually would love to emulate that and can't, you know, somehow I think that's come another thing that's come to the fore is more performing arts organizations are really realizing that if they, if they ex- intend to have an audience for the future, they have to yeah. they have to bring they have to bring different diverse audiences into their organization into their performances on on every level you know racially and mm-hmm. economically age wise mm-hmm. otherwise you know they'll be they won't yeah it's a ma- it's a matter of survival right developing it, those new audiences it and, is. you know um, well you know arts education you know better than anybody but you know that if you bring a high school student or or a student in junior high school to a theater you know you expose them to live theater at a very young age and those and they become um theater goers they become patrons you know they graduate from college i mean i don't know how many people who i guess are in their you know are 30s or 40s you know come to the theater and say I saw my first play here you know and that's because of the educational program of the of the original LATC you know that you know Mm -hmm. that you know about Karen (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you know um the other thing that's so admirable about what you've been doing is again, with, with limited, as you said, limited budget, is you've had these amazing mm-hmm. festivals, which are, you know, tremendous undertakings. And another way that you've collaborated with so many different kinds of uh, people from different countries, you had the na- uh, National Festival and you had a festival mm-hmm. of the Americas, which, you know, I think, I mean, that, especially in Los Angeles, California, in the Southwest of the United States, it would be great for us to have a, a you know America's festival every year. It would it should be a, a highlight or a focus. Yeah, of our absolutely. Well, um, you know, there's a, a an organization or a movement called the uh, Latinx Theater Commons that Jose Luis 
our artistic director and myself have been involved in since uh, 2013. And so it was kind of a coming together of um, leaders of uh, Latino theaters throughout the country just to talk about the state of, of Latinx theater in the United States. And out of that became a, a movement of um, uh, Latinx theater makers and an assessment of where we, uh, where we are as, you know, Latino theaters. And so we at the LATC um, decided that we would do uh, a national a Latino theater festival. And so um, we brought groups from you know, all over the country um, to perform, but not just for, perform for a weekend. It was a month long experience so that the um, artists from each theater company got to spend time with each other, have discussions, create together, devise work together. And it was um, absolutely successful. And um, the first time that a theater uh, festival, a Latino theater festival, had taken place in over 25 years in the country. Um, they used to happen, you know, early, like in the 70s and the 80s, but it hadn't happened for a long, long time. So it was, you know, a great, great event and um, big uh, undertaking for us. And our and our and our Huge. staff are very small but committed uh, staff, and um, and then after that we decided that okay this is great now what about doing a a La Latino theater of Las Americas so we uh, included Canada, Mexico and um, Latin America, so we brought together several groups. And that was interesting, you know, artists from um, the United States and, and Canada and collaborating with <laughs> artists from Mexico and Latin America. First of all, there was a language issue, right? <laughs> that was that was interesting. <laughs> um, and just different ways of looking at the world and looking at art, you know, <laughs> and it was great and it was also troubling you know troublesome that we um are just latin america when it comes to uh, certain things like um uh, gender parity uh you know uh, racism you know uh, it was it was uh it was interesting to know that we're at different levels of consciousness. <laughs> I guess we could put it that way. And, um, but, you know, it was also a very, very successful uh, encuentro, you know, coming together of people that don't usually come together. And then our, our next um, encuentro that we were planning was to be global. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> and, um, and now because of all the, you know, social um, unrest and uh, what is going on in the country, we thought it might be more important for us, in, instead of having an international festival at this time, that when we do get back to the theater and we, we think we may make it a, a BIPOC festival. So 
a black indigenous people of color festival and also make it a national festival. So not just Latinos, but uh, uh, people of color in the country and to discuss, you know, everything that's going on, you know, now there's a, a new movement called um, we see you white American theater, you know, that's, um, you know, uh, mm. gaining a lot of traction and making a big difference in the American theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, that, you know, many people are, are, hoping and praying that when we come out of this, that there's been so much suffering and tragedy, that there'll be some progress, some sense, you know, of people coming mm-hmm. together in a better way. We have, we have, we have to come together, come together in a better way. We can't, we can't go back and we can't go on like we are right now. So theater, you know, as many times theater has often been, the place where people come to learn, to learn new ways of thinking about things, you know, to, to struggle and work out things that are going on in their life. So theater might, this might, you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hopeful that it could be a renaissance yeah, I hope for so. theater and, and, art, you know, and, and I think kind of brings us to the idea of right now, if people want to, tune in to the Los Angeles Theater Center while we are still held <laughs> yeah. back in the pandemic, that what is some of the virtual, virtual programming that you have going on and how, how can someone Well, um, there's programming um, on our website. Uh, it's the latc.org. So the latc.org. We also have our YouTube channel, is the the Latino Theater Company. Um, well, our our virtual programming has been interesting because um, the pandemic kind of we were in the middle of auditioning for our next season when everything shut down, and you know we basically had to close our doors and figure out what what we're going to do for programming. Um, we it was a huge learning curve for us, our entire staff to try to figure out, you know, how we, we could share whatever we have uh, virtually. And it was interesting though, very um, gratifying to um, see the work that we've done in the past and being able to share that work in a way that we've never been able to share it before. So you have, it's not just an LA audience, but now you have the, the capacity to reach people around the globe. Um, and people were able yes. who have never seen our work are able to see our work. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was a pretty, um, you know, amazing re- revelation that, Oh, Hey, this isn't so bad. You know, we can actually share this, <laughs> you know, and um, so we've we've uh, dug into our archives and um, and shared many of our shows um, from the early two thousands to the present. So you'll be able to see some of our work at, as the Latino Theater Company. We've done we did uh, readings of all of the plays that were going to go up in um, our next season and so those are up there too 
Um, the next thing that we're going to be sharing is we do um, a holiday pageant play every year that involves like over a hundred people. That's actors, musicians, dancers, uh, teens, adults, children <laughs> that we've been doing at Our Lady of the Angels Cathedral for 17 years. And so, yeah, La Virgen, yeah, La Virgen de Guadalupe, right? Dios y Nancy. So it's the, it's the story of the four apparitions of um, Our Lady of the Angels and um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, who is the patron saint of the Americas. And um, so we, we've uh, been doing this uh, pageant and this year we're going to share it online. So it's, um, so that's the next thing you'll, you'll be able to see online um, December 11th and it'll be up until December 20th. So yeah. Very exciting. That's really exciting. That's wonderful. Well, and that technology is is going to be there. Back into the theater. Yeah. That's what we're thinking now. now. Yeah. Yeah. So we we could. Yeah. Now we can have have both. Now we'll have, we'll have, we can be together in the future. We all can't wait for that. And we can also use this technology um, that we've all had to struggle to find, (laughs) to learn how to do. So that would be another positive. Absolutely. Now, now what, you know, before we've only used like one camera to archive because of, you know, the union, you know, all of our, all of our productions are equity productions. So there, there's certain um, union rules, you know, that you can only uh, videotape for archival purposes. But, you know, now with the pandemic, you know, we're, you know, doing research and as to how we can uh, videotape all of our productions so that we can share them the way we're sharing them now. Yeah. 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 That's really, that's really wonderful. Well, and, you know, you mentioned um, mm-hmm. thinking about the future, the congratulations that you now have a lease. Yes, we've just gotten our, our, our lease uh, extended um, until 2056. Now, I won't be around then. <laughs> but um, I, I guess the, the important thing is that um, that original vision that Bill and Diane and Alan had um, to create a theater that truly reflects the diversity of Los Angeles um, continue into the future. Because like you said, even though the original vision was wonderful, people are still struggling (laughs) for that vision around the country, you know, around the country. I mean, it's, it's still predominantly white plays you know at most of the regionals and um you know it all has to do with board of directors leadership i I see some hope right now and that more um people of color are being um hired as part of you know the artistic leadership of, of different theaters and you know that's that's a very positive thing but that comes you know directly from you know the black lives matter uh, movement and all of the protests that are happening you know that's the only reason this is happening in the american theater so it's important for us to continue that that um 
that mission. Yeah. Well, you're you're at the forefront. You're already. Yeah. You, you were already there. You were already at the forefront, and I know that you know your mentoring and your succession plans will always include that, and it's gratifying to know for our community and for people coming to visit Los Angeles that they'll have they'll have an opportunity to come to the Los Angeles Theater Center in downtown mm-hmm. for many decades to come. So thank you. Thank you so much on that. And is there anything last last uh, at the end to our listeners well, that you'd like to say? Um, just say visit that? our website and, um, you know, look at the wonderful programming that's on there. Um, watch La Virgen on December 11th. And um, if you'd, if you believe in our vision, think about making a small end-of-the-year donation. That's all, always helpful. Um, yeah, and you Very can do good. that on our website. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, thank you so, thank you much, so much for having me. For and, and much love to you and to your entire edge. audience. Thank you. <laughs> The same back to you. Keep healthy. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.